0: it's important to understand how people actually work, how they learn, how they get excited. Otherwise, they're just showing up and kind of giving you whatever it is, eight hours a day of attention. But if you want people to not just give you eight hours a day, but you want them to give you their best work, that you want them to feel like your mission is part of their mission and they're accomplishing their goals through you and through your company...
1: Plug into the minds of the world's cutting-edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders, rewriting the rules of high performance at work. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Campbell, and this is Superhumans at Work, a Valley podcast. Hey everyone, if you've been following us on social media, you would have heard the announcements that Visions book, Buddha and the Badass is coming up soon. Now, if you haven't picked up an advanced copy yet, I highly suggest you go and do that since it includes amazing bonuses and the exclusive preview of one of the initial chapters that you can get started right away. When you purchase a book in advance, we get to make this available to so many more people. And so if you're looking forward to being a superhuman and you love learning from Vishen Lakyani, his new book, Buddha and the Badass, is going to be the best thing you can read in the coming months. So look at the links that we're going to put in the show notes so you can go and grab an advance copy right now. Now, let's get started with our episode hi everybody welcome back to superhumans at work this is your host jason campbell and we're going to go talk today about the experience formula and i particularly love this because it's with a guest i've had a chance to interview before on mind valley's core program impact at work Now we've talked about how this actually gets to be applied when it comes to the digital space. But what we're gonna do today is use a formula that really allows you to get closer to what you want. And you're gonna go through some several steps which will actually make you be aware of how to design your life in the best way possible. Now, Marisa Murgatroyd is joining us. She is the founder and CEO of Live Your Message, and she has created a business that really supports companies that are building six, seven, and eight-figure businesses. And she's going to come here and really show you how her method can be applied no matter what you do. It's really a way of how to do it, and she's going to do it in a way that is going to be amazing. Marisa, thank you so much for being on the show with me.
0: I'm so glad to be here.
1: Now, talk to us a bit about your early start here, because you've been working in an industry of, I believe, gaming and filmmaking, and here you are working with entrepreneurs, helping them design their products and their businesses in a way that escalates the experience. Can you tell us a bit about your journey of where you've come from and how you're here?
0: Yeah. So a lot of people don't realize that I was a documentary filmmaker for about seven years, and I started to get a little antsy because I heard the statistic that the average documentary film is only seen by about a thousand people. And my experience is, because these films take on average three years to make, is that by the time I was done with the film, I had changed so much and the world had changed so much around me that I didn't feel like I was making the impact that I wanted to be making. So ultimately... I started to ask myself, where can I make a greater impact? I'm kind of like not the most patient person in the world. So what's an industry that I can work in where I can make things happen fast and actually see the result of my impact very, very fast, rather than waiting years for the gratification of seeing that I'm making a difference. And I started to think that maybe it's somewhere at the intersection of the internet and entrepreneurship. And then I started to learn from a lot of the top online entrepreneurs out there and made the leap from working in a production company and a nonprofit to ultimately starting my own company, and now I work with tens of thousands of entrepreneurs around the world and really help them create products that get people kind of hooked on achieving their biggest goals in life. And of course, if you're working with teams, if you're working in a more corporate setting, you also need to get people super excited about the goals that they want to achieve.
1: And I think that's what's important here because a lot of people don't realize that you actually need to kind of package your message within an organization, especially if you're leading a team. Like some people feel like it's almost like I just give the instructions and things will happen magically. But that idea that you have this experience formula, how is it that you need to apply so much more efforts and what changes when you do that as opposed to just give directives?
0: Well, here's the thing is whether you want to you know, really elicit the greatest leadership and potential and excitement and motivation from your team, then it's important to understand how people actually work, how they learn, how they get excited. Otherwise, they're just showing up and kind of giving you whatever it is, eight hours a day of attention. But if you want people to not just give you eight hours a day, but you want them to give you their best work, that you want them to feel like your mission is part of their mission and they're accomplishing their goals through you and through your company, then you've got to work with their natural motivation and understand how people work and what gets them motivated. And so my experience formula is all about closing the gap between what people want to do and what they have to do so they can win at the game of life or business or whatever it happens to be, career, you name it.
1: Mm. I'd love for you to paint us a picture. Like what happens when you notice the individuals that apply your concepts in the workplace? Like you're saying people are going to show up much differently than just nine to five. Am I going to get everybody to go overtime, or is it just a different energy that you're going to show up with? What happens here?
0: Yeah. So what I've seen in different industries and different markets is we're able to see spikes of engagement and results by about 10 to 30 times what the current baseline or average is. So without knowing the exact company that you work for and what's going on now, I can't tell you exactly what will happen. But I do know that people have a certain amount of discretionary energy available to them. And some people choose to spend most of their discretionary energy outside of the workplace and on their own passions and their family. Some people give more of the energy they have to their work. So if you want people to give more of their energy and not just be showing up, not just going through the motions, not just collecting a paycheck, then it helps to really mobilize them and their inherent motivation.
1: Hmm. Yeah, because I feel like sometimes if you're not putting in that energy, it's your disengage. And I think a lot of companies are really looking to increase employee engagement. And what you're saying is when you apply this 10 step formula to escalate the experience, you're really driving employee engagement. And you can, like, we're talking about teams here, but even in yourself, like, if I'm trying to motivate myself, Are these also principles that I could just be aware of and kind of define for myself to make myself show up more in life in general?
0: Absolutely. So let me give you the example of the very first principle out of 10. And there are 10 core experiences in the experience formula. And each one of them amplifies engagement and amplifies results. So the very first one is actually just called mission. And it's not the same thing as having a personal mission. It's a project mission, for example. So a mission is really what does winning look like? Because if you don't know what winning looks like, how do you know when you've won? And you're less excited to play a game if you don't know what the winning state looks like. So a mission in an ideal world is so clear and specific that you could film someone crossing the finish line to mission accomplished. So if you've got a goal, what does the finish line look like? And how do you get so clear and specific that someone knows exactly what the win state looks like and how much time they have to achieve it? And then once you have that win state defined, you want to create what I call the future self-vision of what life looks like in the company and for them once they've achieved it. And just really clearly defining the what and the why is way more than a lot of other people do. And then, of course, the next step is the how, what I call the bird's eye view, which is the path to going from accepting the mission to hitting mission accomplished. Simply having the what, the why, and the how very clearly defined, but also phrased in a way where there's a lot of juice and charge and energy and excitement around it, Uh, will do wonders. And it sounds so simple and so obvious. But if you think about it like, you know, essentially a game that they're embarking on and how do they know that when they've won, it kind of simplifies how you start to go about defining it. And I think a lot of times companies might have big goals where they want to increase their revenue or whatever, but people don't see how they fit into that goal. So taking the time to create submissions for individual team members or departments and everyone seeing how they're part of that bigger goal through their more individualized missions, even if each mission that they're embarking on is a small part of the bigger mission.
1: Mm. I'm just having a thought here because I went ahead. I've been waiting for the longest time to write a book. And I never really got myself motivated to do it until I actually went ahead and worked in a similar concept, which was to define what is that winning moment, that mission accomplished setting, which is what exactly you're talking about. I called it the pop the champagne moment. And so for me, it was like, I need to physically hold the book. And I love how you said you actually could be able to film the finish line, the moment that it happened. So I could imagine myself holding the book and that was like an an important mental cue I needed to give myself to realize like, hey, this is real, this is exciting, now I'm motivated to do it. And so when I think about that in the workplace, would it be like we need to hit a certain number of revenue? Is it hit a certain number of customers? Is it to kind of ship a product? Is these examples of clear missions?
0: Yeah, I mean, those can be clear missions, but I think that in addition to that macro mission, you also would want micro mission for individual team members. So, you know, you may have KPIs for departments as a whole, but how does each individual know that they are winning within this larger goal? Because otherwise, even though you have a team effort and that's awesome, how, what are their individual milestones? What is their individual mission?
1: So in essence, even if I have a company objective to, let's say, ship a product, it's important to actually go to each individual and tie a mission that is specific to them that would contribute to this greater one.
0: Absolutely. Because otherwise i think they can figure out well all these other people you know are working on this mission too am i really making a difference am i really making an impact versus they have yes there's a big company mission and then within it there are individual missions. It's why sprints can be so powerful. And also what you were saying about, you know, being able to see that book in your hands is that people are 80% more likely to follow through on something when they can visualize themselves doing it and actually completing it and winning. So this gives that idea of creating the finish line in advance, gives people a powerful visual that they can then move towards, which is very motivating.
1: I love it. And what would you say are some of the challenges you could face in the process of defining that mission for an individual? Because I can think of certain departments or certain teams where maybe it's not as clear what you're creating, or maybe there's an individual on your team that just has a not as clear defined role. Is this a way to kind of quickly cut through that fog to get really clear with your employee?
0: Here's the thing that I've noticed, and I've helped people craft I don't know how many, I've probably worked on thousands of missions at this point in time, is that every mission can get to the point where it's so specific, someone can be filmed crossing the finish line. But a lot of times something starts off as a vague, fuzzy mission. And for example, quantifying it just that they're going to develop a plan, for example, you can see a plan and you can see a plan being completed. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's a 20% lift in employee happiness, for example, you can do qualitative rating scales before and after and throughout a process where you can actually measure a 20% lift in happiness in terms of being self-reported. So no matter what it is, you have to actually do some processing to dig deep to what you really are asking people to do to figure out, well, what is that quantitative metric? You know, how can I actually make this so specific that they do know when they've succeeded? they do know when they've been effective. They do know when they've won. So a lot of times you have to go beyond the obvious level of project definition to get there. But when you do, you always found it. I've never been presented by something where I couldn't get to the point with that particular mission or goal where it could be filmed.
1: I even feel like if I'm a, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you're obviously one of these people I'm about to mention. If you're a superhuman, a high performer, it is also a tool you can actually bring to your manager, to your team saying like, hey, I feel like I'm unclear with my mission. I'd love to sit down and really make sure that I know exactly how I contribute and how I can win. Because then you're more motivated. You're bringing that initiative to your team. And I don't think there's any leader that would be disappointed with an employee that's saying, I want to be more clear on my mission so I can crush my goals.
0: Oh, for sure. And then the fun thing too is the last principle, core experience number 10 is mission accomplished. So what actually happens when you've hit that particular goal? So, for example, when we hit our target goal as a company, we didn't hit their target this past year. We hit, you know, a bit beyond our minimum, but I was going to take the whole team on a three-week working holiday in Bali, right? So everybody wins when we hit that particular goal. So you can do something super-duper fun when, say, the team as a whole hits a particular goal, but then you're dividing the mission down into what each person is responsible for.
1: Mm, So it just gets everybody working together. And again, that's like kind of how I explain the champagne popping moment of the book holding. So you want to make sure that whatever mission you define, you also have some sort of reward mechanism to kind of motivate you to get there even faster. Is that right?
0: Absolutely. And people want to be intrinsically motivated and buy into the why, but a little bit of extrinsic motivation or at the very least celebration doesn't hurt.
1: That's right. Now let's dig into that second principle that you mentioned already, the future self one. So you're talking about something where you visualize yourself achieving the result. Is this like just viscerally taking the time to understand what it's like to finish the mission? What else do I do in this section?
0: Yeah. So for example, how will the company change as a result of hitting this mission? So for example, if the goal is just to increase sales by a million bucks, why does that even really matter? you know, because growth for the sake of growth is cancer, right? So why does it even matter to go from whatever it is, $4 million to $5 million or whatever it happens to be? What's that going to do for the company? So for example, a future self could be is maybe it's a company-wide mission. One of the missions that we have a company right now is that 80% of our revenue comes from launches and live events. And I want to, over the course of a few years, get to the point where 20% comes from launches and live events and 80% comes from just evergreen sales. So this year I want to go from 80% from launches and live events to 60%. So increasing our evergreen 40%. And the way I say, okay, our mission, should we choose to accept it, is to increase our evergreen revenue from 20% of our overall revenue to 40%. So we can have more stability and consistency from month to month and afford to invest and team and additional hires to create more life work balance for all employees and really get each of you the support that you need. So when we know and have that reliability of revenue that comes in outside of the spikes of the launches and live events, we can invest in professional development. We can hire additional team members. We can do things as a team that we can't necessarily count on at the beginning of the year if all of our revenue is coming from launches to live events and then we have like a cash flow crunch in the middle of the year
1: so in essence you're painting that future picture of what life would look like with that goal established so then you can actually take the time to see what would the result be of us doing this mission and taking the time to paint it so in essence you're saying the activity here is really becoming clear because if you can't paint that picture to everybody else you won't be able to motivate any team to understand why it's even important to reach this mission
0: yeah Otherwise, it's important for the founders or whatever it happens to be, but the meaning and the importance doesn't trickle down to someone at the ground level because they don't really see how that's going to impact them.
1: Mm, I like it. So. You set a bold mission. So once you set that mission, you get clear on what is that moment that you cross the finish line. Then you start defining, okay, what will that change in our lives, in my life, in the life of the people that I work with and everything else? And then let's step into this bird eye view that you've mentioned as well. Are we talking here about itemizing how that journey is going to look like? How do we do this? Yeah.
0: So the bird's eye view, if you can imagine, you know, a bird is flying from point A to point B. It's like you take that aerial perspective of what that journey is going to look like. And so you might define milestones along the way, you might look at what that specific how is of that journey, you might define the different parts of it, and everybody knows in advance, okay, these are the components or the things that we need to do to reach this goal. You know, these are the different steps along the journey. And once everybody's clear, you can be constantly reinforcing where we are in relation to the overall goal. And where we're going next so people need to be positioned in relation to the end state on a regular basis ideally on a daily basis if not a weekly or a monthly basis right
1: you're in essence setting milestones if we're using that language but what about even the kind of emotional journey that happens as you chase a goal and such do you actually have that mapped into the bird's eye view as well
0: yeah that's actually a different principle i call that principle number five is normalizing challenges You know, Tony Robbins says that true mastery is not eliminating obstacles, it's anticipating them so they don't knock you out of the game. You're not blindsided by them. So really actually taking the time to define what the obstacles and the challenge will be in route to the goal, and then to normalize them for everyone so they don't think that they're failing. So, for example, with our particular goal of switching from a launch and event-based business model to more of an evergreen business model, the wins are not as immediate. In an evergreen, you're doing these micro-optimizations each step of the way, and the outcome you don't see until much later. So along the way, each small micro-adjustment feels very minute. So you have to actually prepare people for the fact that, you know, the results are cumulative and, you know, you're in it on the everyday and it doesn't feel like it's significant, but then at the end of the year, you're like, oh, my gosh, we just made an extra $10 million or whatever it happens to be, and it's very big. So you have to kind of prepare people and create the psychology of what that's going to feel like along the way and let them know that it's perfectly normal and prepare them for those feelings.
1: Wow. I'd be curious to know, because right now all we're doing, like you got the mission, you see what it's going to be like when it's done. Now we're breaking down all these milestones. How much time are we spending on this and how important is that time to be spent on these? What will happen once you've done that?
0: Yeah, well, you can create what I call an experience escalation plan in potentially a few hours. I mean, I do a workshop where we create the experience escalation plan in a single day and I have just like a giant sheet of paper where we put everything on and everybody finds every single piece of it and of course you flush it out as you go. And I think that what you can do is yes, it can save time because it can save missteps, but it's really about increasing motivation and increasing the chance of hitting the result and of people feeling good every step of the way. So if you look at the average, you know, disengagement in workforces around the country, I mean, it's huge where people are losing like 80% of the productivity of their teams. So taking a day or two, maybe it's longer in a corporate setting than it would be for, you know, someone designing their own product, because you have to get buy-in from a lot more people, but even spending two days and facilitating this process, and then you have way more people onboarded for goals that could be worked on for months over the course of a year, I mean, I think it's a worthwhile investment of time.
1: And I could even see if you look at the future self, if you set a mission and then you realize that the result, the future self that it creates doesn't even align to the kind of work environment you want to create or a business goal that you want to create, you could probably make some course corrections pretty quickly just by doing this work.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: I love it. And so, I know there's over 10 principles to cover here, but I feel like we've covered some really important ones that can allow people to be able to start implementing these ideas around experience escalation. So, again, we've covered how you must get clear on the mission and make sure that it's important to you, it's important to the company, and important to the individuals within your team. And if you're somebody who's in a team, you bring this up, you should be clear on your own mission. And if not, bring it up to your management and say, hey, I don't feel like I'm clear on my mission and this is affecting my engagement. And so if you do the work to get clear on that, remember, it's a photo moment that you could capture that shows that the mission has been accomplished. And then we kind of skip to level 10 here where we talk about the mission accomplished moment, which is this external kind of, gratification we could go for or the celebration moment that we can go for so that when you hit that mission you do take the time to celebrate a job well done. And when we talk about the future self, this was the second step here. It was really about making sure that we understand once this mission is done, how does life change? How is everything being different? Is it better? Is it worse? If it's worse, why is that? What can you change? Maybe you need a different mission to make sure that you're aligned with the desired state that you're looking to achieve by going through this process of pursuing a very important mission. And then number three was talking about the bird's eye view, which is where you start breaking that mission down into major milestones and really doing a mission control check at a regular basis, whether that's weekly or daily, whatever you can do to make sure that you're always seeing that you're going through progress towards that mission to keep you motivated and engaged. And then where I injected was actually the number five, the normalized challenges. So know that there's going to be emotional ups and downs, be ready and anticipate the fact that there's going to be challenges that come up and that's going to be okay. It still means you're on the right path. It means that you're going to be going towards really hitting an important goal that'll help you grow the business, hit that transformation that you want, and really make a bigger impact in the process. Marisa, this was super fun. And how can people go and get more details on this whole system if they need to?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So if you go to liveyourmessage.com forward slash checklist, liveyourmessage.com forward slash checklist. You can see and download all 10 of the principles, as well as the 10 things you want to avoid if you don't want to de-escalate.
1: I love it. Thank you so much, Marisa, for being on the show and sharing some of these core principles that people can apply right away. For everybody listening, you actually have a little mental checklist to tell yourself right now, which is, are you clear on your mission if not, you know what to do. You know how to start blueprinting it out. And if you want some more resources, definitely go check out Live Your Message. We'll have the links in the description of the podcast. And thanks again for being on the show.
0: Absolutely. Thank you.
1: My name is Jason Campbell, and this is Superhumans at Work, a Mind Valley podcast.